0: Three, two,
1: one. From Boston, Massachusetts, to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between, talking local and national sports, and just about anything discussed in the tavern, broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan. Welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom.
2: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Easy Speak podcast. My name is Tom, and tonight we are celebrating Memorial Day, uh, paying tribute to all the men and women who sacrificed their lives so us idiots can do what we do on a weekly basis. So uh, we're going to pay tribute to them tonight. I'm going to talk a little Tigers. Uh, they had a really nice weekend up until today. Uh, there's Riley Green has been on a tear. Uh, Akil Badu had a good month of May. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, A.J. Hinch, uh, the work he's been able to do with this team. So DeAndre Hopkins, cut. Where's a good fit for them? Uh, we're going to get into the NHL and NBA playoffs. They've gotten very interesting as of late. Tonight is Game 7 in Boston. And then Game 6 in Dallas in the NHL. We're also going to talk about the mailman, Carl Malone. He offed his huge uh, collection of Dream Team uh, memorabilia for $5 million. Pretty cool we'll talk about that. And we're going to get into what everyone's usual, I guess, holiday traditions are. What do you normally do? Do you barbecue? Do you go out you know, on the lake or whatever the case may be? And uh, rapid fire? little different this week, it should be pretty good, and our famous ain't my money, not my problem. So without further ado, we're going to bring in Mr. Rich Jasper. Rich, what is up, my friend?
1: Hey, Tom, how you doing? Just um, broadcasting from a new office. A new office, a new home? Exciting.
2: It's, it's starting to come together.
1: Yeah, starting out, I got to get used to this because I'm so used to seeing all the sports memorabilia in the background, and it's a blank canvas. So, well, it's but. some
2: it's something to uh, look forward to as uh, the further out that you get. Exactly. Uh oh.
1: We know who that. Is. We
2: all know that sound. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend. JP the Giant, what's up, my friend?
0: Oh, just sitting here uh, having a cold Sam's Cola. <laughs>
1: How's you. it going? So how is that Sam's Cola, I have to ask?
0: Uh, it's pretty good. I got the diet version, obviously, for obvious reasons, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's not
1: bad. What? Did, you- now, uh, did you get the the diet because you just got done eating five cheeseburgers and <laughs> you figured you wanted to be somewhat healthy, so you got the diet.
2: Yeah. What, what is this Sam's Cola you speak yeah. of?
0: You know, you try to mix it in there a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's actually the Walmart version.
2: Oh, uh, it's the, the, the bootleg? Uh, the
0: last <laughs> one I had was Summit Cola from Aldi, but <laughs> we're trying something new here.
1: Uh, hey, you know what? Cost,
0: cost
2: effective—that's for sure. So
1: awesome! Oh, I, hold on, I'm sitting here thinking it's like Samuel Adams, like a Sam Adams yep. cola. I'm like, what the? I'm like, what is this? And then so, okay, so you're at Wally World, and you picked yourself up <laughs> a you picked yourself up a sixer of the old Sam's cola. <laughs> I got it. I got gotcha. you. Oh man!
2: <laughs> there you go. I, there you uh, go. It looks like the old RC cola. So JP you went to the for you went to the Tiger game yesterday. Uh what was the atmosphere like there?
0: Yep. I thought it was pretty good. Um I got we got down there around noon uh for a one forty first pitch. I felt like there was a lot of people out. Uh we went over before we went in. Or I walked uh, eight flights of stairs and had to catch my breath <laughs> before I drank the two beers I drank. But uh, overall, uh, it. it felt really good, man, and uh, the way it should be. You know, it's you know the minute this town gets any taste of winning, they're mm-hmm. uh, going to be a part of. And the atmosphere was good, uh, especially for a holiday weekend. You figure most people are out of town. So they said all weekend, all weekend on, it was good there. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, Definitely going to be looking to go back for more.
2: Well, good, good. And that leads us into our first topic. It is the Motor City Kitties. Like I said in the intro, they had a pretty nice weekend taking three of four from the White Sox. Uh, Excuse the train in the background. (laughs) 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 <laughs> live, live uh internet T V, uh you never know what you're gonna get. So um <coughs> but as I was saying uh before the uh the uh Canadian Express rudely eru- interrupted me. Um three or four from the White Sox. Big weekend for Riley Green, big weekend for Akeel badu Um definitely a lot to look forward to moving on. Um We'll start with you Rich. do you think that Riley Green is is now kind of over that hump that that slump that he was in, you know, from like the second half of last season till the first probably month of this year. Do you do you think he's over that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think that last year when he went out for the injury and uh kind of never really got back to his composure or to his to his speed. Um now he's kind of finding his way, and uh, he's producing numbers. I think he's batting just below 300 or at 300. Um, he's also uh, he's, he's hitting the hell out of the ball. Uh, his fielding percentage is good, as you can see from the stat line that's up there. You know, five home runs, uh, you know, 18 RBIs. You know, that really, when you look at that, it really doesn't look that – impressive i'll say but given the time that he's been making those hits they've been very timely and i think not too far behind him uh is is torkelson he's really uh he's coming up he's coming up behind him um and he he's really starting to uh get acclimated to it i mean he's hitting the ball hard everybody's like well he's not getting on base but if you got a guy's exit velo is 110 miles an hour off the bat yeah you know, and I mean every every hit he's getting. I mean, he's absolutely scorching the ball. They're 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 going to fall into place. His hits are going to come.
2: Yeah, JP, touch on that a little bit. I know um, you're. Oh, I think we just lost JP. He was having some internet issues. Uh, he must have Drew's internet. Uh, but um, I guess you know I was going to say he's been following him pretty closely, and you know he's he he's, has he's he's pretty. Uh, pretty you know excited of the prospects of what Riley Green could possibly be you know with this team based uh the last month not only at the plate but his his fielding ability like i put up on the screen there he's a 982 fielding percentage i mean he's playing center fields one of the hardest positions in baseball especially there because yeah. it's probably the, it
1: is the largest center field well uh, you one moved, of the largest ones you
2: moved it in um, basically 20 feet, so he you know, he got used to it being 420. So I've seen him run into the wall a couple of times, and he did yesterday making <laughs> oh, a big, yeah. big-time catch. So he definitely can uh, field that position really well. Uh, another player that just kind of woke up, started the season in Toledo, got called up fairly early, struggled a little bit, but Akil Badu, what a nice, nice May that he had including a grand slam yesterday, uh, f- uh, 15 of his 16 RBIs have come in May. And, you know, like uh, Riley Green, he's got a 973 fielding percentage. He was in center and right. They moved him over to left field, so I think he's a little bit better in that position there. Uh, he's, he's got lots of power. But one thing that, that we learned early on that a lot of pitching – a lot of pitchers kind of figured him out. Yeah. But now he's he's starting to hit the curveball a little bit better and he's just coming around a little bit. Do you feel like Akil Badu is somebody that they're looking at long term for this team?
1: Uh honestly, I I don't think so. Uh that's just me. Uh you know, last year he came out he came on the scene hot. Hot as all get up, and me being a sports card collector, there was people that were yeah. buying his, his rookie card and they were paying, I mean, and you sat in and listened to some of those auctions that I had, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with, uh, Pat and Zwingle. I know. mean, there were some people <laughs> that were spending buku bucks on, on his rookie card, autographed rookie card. Yeah. I mean, they're spending north of a hundred dollars on it and then he fizzled out and it's, you know, but that's baseball, right? Baseball sure. going to be up and down. It, it definitely is a, it's a game of failure. You know, you, you know, you answer three questions right out of ten, you're a hall of famer. That's you know. true. That's but a in, good way to put but it, it. But in school, you're you're uh, collecting yeah. coins at yeah, the car. Yeah, you're,
2: uh, you're you're going to be uh, doing some summer school. Um, but you know, Wait. Badu two years ago, he he flashed in the pan. Spring yep. training, he hit like nine home runs in the spring, so they they yeah. had to invite him up. And he started out hot. I think he hit a he hit a two or three run homer in his first game. So yep. He hit he hit the ground running, but a lot of pitchers really figured him out early on. Um, but he's he's come with a different approach at the plate. See, he kind of he's got his his front foot. He kind of sits up on his toes. So he's I don't know if that's a balance thing to keep his hands back or keep his you know his hips from you know
1: moving <laughs> well, forward. Whatever, whatever it is, just I mean keep. I keep doing it, right, right. Keep doing it, and kind of like you said, you know how the pitchers kind of figured them out. Mm -hmm. That's the same that pitchers have figured out. Riley Green, that's why he struggled a little bit. Sure, Torque, the same reason they struggled a little bit. You know, and at times in our conversations offline, we've always made the comment of saying, you know, maybe they need to send him down to Toledo, maybe to get his, you know, I guess get his shit together, get his mind right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, and that's and that's part of being a professional, right? I mean, professionals. Very rarely uh, do you see a, a player that a five-tool player uh, consistently play well. Besides, like Shohei Ohtani or <laughs> yeah. a Mike Trout, sure. You know, even Bryce, Har- if you mean, look at Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper was a stud mm-hmm. when he came out, and he was up and down, up and down, up and down. But when you needed that hit, he was always that guy you can go right. to. right.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think part of Torkelson's issues last year were. He's, he came up through the system with Riley Green. Obviously, Green wasn't there because of a broken toe. And then when Green was there, I don't think he was mentally prepared. So this year, you know, it was a bit of a slow start. But i they're they're starting to come together, and, and you're seeing glimpses of what uh, we can probably all agree we hope we see moving forward, especially when, when Scooble and Mize and Manning come back next year. So I, I just think uh, there's opportunities there, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, Miggy, it has been an absolute abysmal, abysmal start of the season for Miggy. He's got no power. He's a singles machine. Gotta love the guy. And
1: what is he really? I mean, he what is he batting like he's batting like one eighty meaning one ninety? Meaning
2: the only thing he does is hit singles. That's about it. Um You know it I, you, you love what he's done for this for this franchise. Oh, I I get it's the you know retirement tour, but should the organization seriously sit him down and say, "Listen, Miggy, we love you, but we're we're trying to do something here, and it, it's just not happening." Can you see that happening, or or I guess I should say, do you want that to happen?
1: All right, so <laughs> I'm going to go into my analogies again. Right, my analogies are always.
2: Get ready, folks. So
1: so my analogy of the way that this is is (laughs) you need to hire two guys and we'll need to call them the Bobs, right? You've got to hire the Bobs to come in (coughs) sit down and talk to the team. And what they need to do is, um, dude, he's like Milton. He should have been gone a while ago. They keep paying him. He keeps showing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to fix the glitch, right? And they just... (laughs) You know, and the thing is, is, and I'm not, you know, and there was the local radio station was hammering on it too. And I very rarely ever agree with them, but I agree with them on this one. If you're trying to make your ball club better, Mm -hmm. you got a guy who isn't, he isn't producing for you anymore. Like, like you expect him to, right. Sure. Um, and you know, it's kind of like, um, It's time to like say, hey, you know what? If you want to ride with the team and collect your, you know, your free gifts while you're hitting, hitting every town, come on and hop on the plane. But it it is time for you to go. I mean, what it almost what it boils down to, it's like you know these famous people. Think about the royal family. Queen Elizabeth died. Mm. Her her funeral was like two weeks long. It's like this is pretty much what they're doing to Miggy. They had to put that old lady on ice. His career's dead, <laughs> yes. And yes. you are just prayed, you're, you're praying you are praying him around so everybody can get, you know say farewell, right? I, it's a shame. The really. only difference
2: is he's not in a he's not in a coffin. He's uh, no in, 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 on the on the baseball field. Obviously, he's playing DH, so uh, you are you are taking that away. But yeah, I mean, it's just I, where they're at right now. I mean, they're a stone's throw away from Minnesota for for first in the Central. Yeah, were they two I, games out? I, yeah, they're two now f- after the loss today. But, you know, they're they're right there. And I guess that leads to my next question. We're, I, mean, I think we're all pretty much surprised where they are. This is the best they've been in the last three or four years. Last year they came out with all the hype. Everybody thought that they, they could possibly win the Central, and they did absolutely nothing. Unfortunately, there was a lot of injuries involved. But this year, I mean, I, I don't think anybody gave them an, a chance – to do anything, and and yeah, they're two games under five hundred. But I thought they would be closer to twenty at this point. So, uh, looking in the future here, where do you see them? Say the All Star break. Do, do, do you think there's a realistic opportunity here that they could possibly be making
1: a run for first place by by that time? So, yes, I think there's a possibility them making a run for first place, but let's. Let's take a step back. The AL Central, well, is yeah, it's terrible. Garbage. It's garbage mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, honestly, I think the only way any team uh, from the AL outside, I don't think there's any team in the AL Central that would make it as a wild card team Mm-mm. at all because the East is absolutely well. The last the last place the team, is.
2: the last place team in the East. Would be the first place in the central, so that that kind of goes yeah. to show you where where the strengths yeah. in,
1: in the American League are. So I I think honestly when you when you look at it from you know from a, a perspective standing outside the box, yeah, they could contend for first place. Yeah, they probably could if they played if they kept grinding out every series and at least try to take. Not, I mean, all of them you're just not going to do, but at least you can take at least one. Or two games in a series, a three game series, or even mm-hmm. split. Sure, you give yourself that better of a chance. I mean, it's just mathematics, right? Right. But I think they're going to have no problem winning in division. But I think it's when they match up against the East. I think when they match up against the West, anybody in the NL, I think they're going to have a struggle with. But well, it's going to be exciting to
2: see. They they're ten and one versus or nine and one versus the NL early on in interleague play.
1: So. It's early. It's it's early. yeah. I mean, it, it it it's it's
2: a good sign. And here we're going in the June, and we're watching. For the most part, it's fun to watch. They're, they're, it is fun baseball. It is fun baseball to they're, watch. They're competing. We're like I said earlier. Nobody ever thought that they would be where they are. So I mean, it's exciting. And hmm. and I guess you know that kind of flows into this next point here. Do you think AJ Hinch should be? at least in the conversation for potentially manager of the year being what he's been able to put together with kind of just some throw-ins that that they've put together this year. I mean, the you take Miggy, he's doing nothing, uh, Jonathan Scope, he's doing nothing. So some of the veterans aren't aren't holding down anything. It's it's the Abanyas and the in the McKinstry that they got in late. So a lot of these kind of retreads that that you know they brought in that seem to be the ones making things happen. So is is Hinch doing a really good job
1: here and, and should be consider- considered? Well, yes and no. He's the one who's making the lineup card, right? He's the one who's making the final decision on who's getting the play time, who's being slotted in position in these different times, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that credit goes towards your general manager. I think by him Mm -hmm. going out and finding serviceable players, right? And finding serviceable serviceable players with a cheap-ass owner. I think he's doing a great job.
2: With an owner who has no desire to spend any money. I mean, on his... He's trying to
1: recoup all the money that his dad spent Mm -hmm. and everything like that, which, uh, you know, he's he's a terrible owner. He really
2: is. He's... Cares less about the baseball team and the stadium. I mean, the stadium is—it's an yeah. embarrassment. You—you you got seats that are chipped. They didn't paint anything, and there's black mold. They spent all that. They Ugh. spent all that money to move the fence line, so yeah.
1: Mickey might hit more home runs. Right, exactly. I mean,
2: they were trying to. Well, do... they should
1: have. They should have made it like huh. three fifty. <laughs> uh, um, they should have made it all. Of it, uh, all of his all of his hits go to uh, go to right field. They should have brought that in about two seventy five. It'd have been great.
2: Yeah, and that's that's another problem. He's just uh, he's laid on everything. I don't know. That's it's unfortunate that's, that, that, that that's a whole other show. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that you know you're you're seeing one of the greatest of all time, and it's just it's been kind of an embarrassment. So, but anyways, it's Where's it's. it's he at? It's it's um it's fun to see what, what what could happen with the with the tigers. I think JP had to reset his internet. Uh, uh, the lovely town of Wyandot gives him one option for internet, and um, it's it's Wyandot. Yeah, it's been uh, giving him fit. So hopefully he can uh, get that squared up. So moving on to our next topic here, um, DeAndre Hopkins recently cut from the. Arizona Cardinals, and there's some potential landing spots you know, uh, uh, that he could go. Heard, hearing a lot of rumors. Um, what do you think, Tom? Where's the do you, logical where do you think fit? he's going to land? I, the logical place for me is Cleveland because he's got history with DeAndre Hopkins. Cleveland is desperate. You for, mean he's with Deshaun Watson? Desha- who, did I, who did
1: I say? Deion, you call him Deion? Oh my Hopkins. gosh! Yeah, I, I, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I hope Hopkins yeah. has. <laughs> yeah, has been Hopkins. Oh,
2: rub and tug uh, Watson. Um, but here you go. Um, yeah. So got his cock clean. Yeah. He, well, did he do a? Got his cock clean. He might have did the little flip, flip, flip. So no, they have history. Obviously, they played in Houston together. Cleveland is desperate for a playmaker, so there is that familiarity that that I think logically. Makes sense. I could see the Chiefs making a big run at him because why not, right? Uh, you put a guy who's kind of you've, – you've wondered where his head's been the past couple of years. He's got all the talent in the world, and he just hasn't put it together. So you you, you put him with an Andy Reid. You put him with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Uh Focus, 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 get him back on his game, and, look, they win another Super Bowl. But um, I, who do you feel or where do you think the logical landing spot for, for him is?
1: Well, the question I want to find out is, all right, we know obviously it was a money – it was probably a money cut. But there had to be something else, right? There had to be something else. It, maybe it was um, – maybe, the, you know, because Kyler Murray makes all that money. Maybe he was like, well, maybe him and Kyler didn't get along, so they just got rid of him.
2: I mean but, yeah, that 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 could be that could be the case. You
1: know, everybody's talking about Cleveland, just exactly what you said, because they do have some history with him and Deshaun Watson. I also hear a lot of people saying Detroit, um, which I'm not a fan of it. And people are saying Jets. Yeah. Some people are saying the Jets. I don't think the Jets have the the the, the 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 money to do it. Well the
2: Jets were hot after uh Beckham. You know, they were really trying to make a play for him. So I mean it's 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 the Jets. I think if if there's an opportunity to pick him up, I, I think they make a run at him, but you know, does he want to play in, mm. in that that fan base, I guess that, that's the, the key question.
1: You know, one of the things is when you, you know, when you look at it th- from this standpoint, the chiefs don't need a guy like Mm-mm. that to win. No. They proved it. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Tyreek Hill, still win without him. Sure. You know, there's also people saying that it's a possibility that he, he might go to uh, uh, Miami. There are people talking about that. Yeah. So if he went to Miami, I mean Jesus, I mean you got I, <laughs> you got the cheat on one side, yeah. you got you got size and strength, and mm-hmm. you got speed on the other side.
2: I mean he'd come in and be your number three. I mean essentially, yeah. and and yeah. and you've you've set the table for Tua there. Uh, I don't think he goes to a situation that's not a winner at this point. I I think he's going to pick and choose. Obviously, um. It's a cap hit, so whoever whoever gets him now, you know, it's kind of free reign. They're not going to be held yeah. responsible for uh that contract. so oh, look at that, Good old pops, um, Cedric Tillman, yeah, the rookie out of um, Tennessee. So I mean, you put you put him on that that lineup with Amari Cooper and DPJ. That that no excuses. That that's kind of where I'm looking at it for Watson. Um, and if he doesn't, uh, you know, win because obviously at this point Cleveland will be filling uh, holes. So if he doesn't win, uh, he's going to have to got his cock clean. I'm telling you right now. Um, so uh, I
1: like I like okay. that. I like that. So. I like how, I like how big Terry comes in and just throws all that, all that Cleveland stuff on us, you know? Yeah, thanks you, for, yeah. I like
2: that. You know, dad's dialed, uh, dialed in to, um, you know, WKNR everyday Cleveland sports talk. So he's, he's, he's plugged in mm. with the local scene there in Cleveland. So thanks for uh, watching dad. Appreciate it. Um, so but that yeah, it, will be interesting to see. Yeah. I, it, it's going to be a bidding war. I think, uh, Obviously, you haven't really heard too much about about it in a while. You know, he was cut the other day, so um, it, it, it's one of those things. Like, I I think in the background there there's some things happening. So, but yeah, it's going to be fun to to sit back and see where where he goes, and and obviously wherever he goes, he's going to be impactful. So, moving on. My goodness, these playoffs have been unbelievable. We're going to start in the NHL. You got the the Florida Panthers sweeping the, the Carolina hurricane. Man, Matthew Kachuk, uh Matthew Chaklutch, more like it. Three out of the four game winners, two in overtime, game one in the fourth overtime, almost went into the fifth, which is incredible. So that was um a bit of a surprise they've kind of just went through the gauntlet and came out just no one put them where that that they were going to be in the cup. I don't think anybody thought that they were that's where they were going to be and then on the flip side, you've got you know, Dallas was left for dead. You got Jamie Ben who goes out for a two game suspension and look what happened. They take two game six going on right now. Vegas actually has the lead, one nothing in the first, but exciting, very exciting uh, series. And we'll start, we'll start there with with Vegas. They kind of, you know, jump out to a three zero lead, and and this game goes into overtime in game four, and and Dallas squeaks out a a winner in overtime. So, what what are you what are your thoughts of of this series? Like, I I I feel like Dallas just they didn't have their legs and 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 they just didn't seem like they they had it all together. <clears throat> Robertson wasn't scoring. Now he's scoring again. So uh,
1: yeah, he's, is, he's he, got five goals this series and he had two coming um, into it. So well, I'm telling you right now. Oh. This is how uh Yeah. If you look at the score, right? Yep. yep. Uh so yeah, so both teams are very good, uh, very deep teams. Uh, I think uh, that trade that they, I mean, they gave up a lot to get Jack Eichel, but I think in the long term that really helped them out. Um, but Dallas, and they just kept they kept fighting. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, you know, uh, last uh, the last game, which was two nights ago, it was uh, it was crazy because you knew that Dallas was probably going to take that game because. It was in like a minute and a half, two minutes after um, Vegas scored a goal, Dallas would come right back mm-hmm. and answer. And it was like – so it went back and forth. It was 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-0, yeah. and then Dallas poured it on scored. scored. Uh, was a tie, I think it Ty DeLandria scored? He scored uh, back-to-back. He, got, he scored
2: yeah, back-to-back. to make it yeah. 3-2, and then um, he got the next goal – um, which yeah, he, was like almost two minutes later. Yeah,
1: uh, which he, pretty much he was a he, he was a product of the Plymouth Whalers, just like Tyler Sagan was. So it's nice to see some uh, some home some hometown guys. Really not hometown, but they played their junior hockey here. So right, it was good to see that. And
2: uh, here it is, right here. But yeah, I mean, it was it was neck and neck, and he got that real nice play. He scores, and uh, like I said, he came back down. And um, I think here's the play right here. Yeah, right here, just nasty through the legs, snipe. Just a huge goal and unexpected from him, and uh, took the took the crowd out. Vegas, they were they were jumping, and once that goal hit, it got real quiet. And then um, obviously they score again. Ended up winning. It was what five two? I think the final was four two. Four two. But yeah, I mean, looking at the game right now, it's um,
1: it's
2: not <laughs> it's, looking not not looking, not looking good right now. But we know with, uh, we know what two goal leads in hockey seem to be like. So nothing. Uh, it, don't it, mean it, it 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 wouldn't surprise me in the least that. Uh, Dallas finds their way back into this game, but I do want to hit on another situation that happened, like I said earlier um, jamie ben what what 's going on with this guy uh, he He did this to uh Larkin a couple years ago, and he does this in 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 a conference finals. Cheap shot to Mark Stone. I mean, cross checks him in the head as he's on the ground. Is this yep. guy the the maybe one of the top five dirtiest players in hockey?
1: Oh, he's up there. Oh, for and you know, especially being a captain of your team, you can't you can't be doing stupid shit like this. You just can't. I mean, also, yeah, I get it. The play's over. You knock yeah. him down, and mm-hmm. then for you to drive your stick into the guy's the side of his head and his it, neck.
2: And look where the official is too. Does, did he no. think he was going to get away with that? There's the linesman sitting, standing right there. It's like, I, you you just took, like you say, he's the captain, and and he's <laughs> he's supposed to be setting the example, and and he's doing stuff like this. I do you think the dude, two it games? Was,
1: just, it was like within two minutes of the beginning of the game. It's not like right. it was, dude. The game just started. It just started, and yep. you do stupid shit. Like, yeah, you took yourself out of the game for that game, mm-hmm. so you essentially missed three games. Three games, yeah, you missed three games, and you know what? That proves that it proves the ownership, it proves to fans, it proves to the team they don't need you. No, and, and they, they don't need you. And they
2: came out, they came out in game four, and and yeah. they they were a different team. Like I said earlier, Robertson decided uh, he was going to score. Now he's a local, didn't he play in uh uh. Little Caesars? I believe so. I think yeah. he's a local kid, but I mean he's a dynamic scorer and and he's he's put it up in this series. So two nothing. Like I said, there's just under 9 minutes to play in the first. We'll see how that game goes as as we move on. Um and everyone's, you know, I guess lovable team to follow, the the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Just absolutely stunned Carolina. They take the first two on the road and come home, and and they, you know, they're throwing rats on the ice like it's nineteen ninety six. Just so awesome. Um, a team that no one ever thought was going to amount to a whole lot in this playoff run. But even uh, Brooks Kepka, who is uh, on a three day <laughs> bender here. Uh, who? My God, did he blink his eyes? I think the the camera was on him for like two minutes solid, and he just kept clapping, yeah. and he didn't blink. But uh, like I said earlier, Kachuk three game winning goals, unbelievable. Bobrovsky, just I mean, if, if you're talking about uh, a somebody or a, to have something to have in the playoffs you you got to have a goalie to quote stand on his head i think that's the the most ridiculous phrase in all of sports but he is he is doing it um so they obviously advanced to the second their second Stanley Cup which is really exciting and so i guess if it, they play either Dallas or or Vegas you got to like their chances because clearly they have not been afraid to take out Boston the the Regular season, best season that anyone's had in the NHL, gone. Edmund, or uh, they go to Toronto, who we know Toronto is one of the best players in the world. Game seven, gone, and now four game sweep to Carolina. There isn't anybody out there that scares these guys.
1: No, and you know, and I, I've said it from the, the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, they they weren't my pick to make it to the finals. I'll I'll be honest with you that, but they're not a bad team. I mean, that's the thing is. They are uh, a deep team just like Vegas is. And that's what's – I mean, they can cycle three to four lines and get good production out of all of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you have – we talked about it last week. Kachuk is just so gritty. And when he's not on your team, you hate him. Cause he gets yeah. under your crawl, you know, but he was right there. he was right there for the rebound. he gets the goal four point three seconds left. Hey, look who it is there's brooks right there, yeah yeah he was drinking out of yeah. the uh the uh he was drinking out of the the trophy he also was in miami too for the heat game, uh making oh, his man. rounds after the p g a championship win, but um, yeah, I just think it's. It's fun to watch, and I, I, this is exactly why the Stanley Cup playoffs are superior to any other league. Because you can take a a team that battled the last two weeks of the season just to make the playoffs, and here they are; they're going to the cup.
1: Yep, it'll be definitely interesting to see them. You know, hopefully, because the last time they were in the finals, they got swept out. Uh, so it'll be nice to see. It'd be nice to see them uh, maybe put a fight up, or maybe even win a championship. So. Yeah.
2: I'll take it. Yeah, and it, one thing I, I I did notice, they filled that place. They filled that place, and I know you have opinions of that arena. It's not uh, not very nice, but it, it was good to see that the fans actually showed up because some yeah. of them some of them fans. I mean, look at down up up the road in Tampa with with the Devil Rays or oh we can't say the Devil Rays the Rays the best best team in baseball. Uh, what do they draw? Three thousand a game. They I mean they shut yeah, the yeah. upper deck down. So, but I mean, I think that was the big question going in. Like, are they going to be able to sell it out, or is it going to be more, you know, opposing teams fans? So it's good to see the energy in there, and and I look forward to what what they're going to be doing here. Um, you know, moving on in the Cup Finals, going on to the NBA. Lakers, boy, they look bad. They looked real bad. Uh, and yeah. those Celtics looked real bad until, well, they didn't. So this game just tipped off. Game, game seven, nine four early lead for the Celtics. But I want to start with, I want to start with the Nuggets Lakers here. Uh, four game sweep, like I said. Uh, Jokic gets the MVP. Uh, making their first trip to the NBA Finals. I look at, at the Nuggets a lot like Florida. Just no real superstars. Yes, Jokic is a superstar, but he's a quiet superstar. Um, obviously going up against the, the powerhouse Lakers. Uh, and in this series, Anthony Davis looked pretty good. LeBron, little slow, came out game four on fire, 31 points, ends up with 40 he kind of fizzled out as it was his best performance in in any playoff game in in his career so I, I i guess we're looking at a situation where you know lebron hinted that he might think about calling it quits uh do you think this this is a possibility with him or is it just LeBron being LeBron, uh, just trying to stay in the headlines when he knew they just got
1: swept. Um, honestly, if you, if you look at it, the, the guy has pretty much never had a break ever. Is, every time he's, I mean, there's been a couple seasons where he hasn't gone deep. I think he's, he's worn down to be honest with yeah, you. I agree with that. Um, I, I think he's worn down. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he does a Tom Brady retirement, <laughs> right? Go on a
2: go on a two month uh, vacation.
1: Yeah, well, you know what he could he could go and retire and then come back next year. Yeah, when his son leaves and wherever his son, you know he's uh, he's made it very clear that he wants to um, he wants to play with Bronny. Yeah. Which is fine. And the, I mean, the, the Pistons I don't fault the guy for that. The Pistons, thanks to
2: our good friend Tim, the Pistons have the third highest percentage opportunity uh as we speak sit right here to get Bronny next year. But we all know how that draft lottery works.
1: <laughs> yeah, we know how that works. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, I don't you know, when it comes to that he didn't play bad. I think it came out, didn't he say he was injured too? He uh, wasn't 100%. Well, he,
2: he rolled his ankle, I think it was in game one, I believe. And, it, and then I think he tweaked it again in game three. So yeah. it, it, he was very uncharacteristic. He missed a dunk, a wide-open dunk. Um he got stripped at the end of game I think it was game 2. He was going up for a, for a layup and he he got stripped. Uh, he had like two turnovers in the last probably 30 seconds of that game. He just he wasn't he just didn't look himself and I'm sure he yeah. was hurt. I mean this guy, this guy's 20th season in the NBA and 39 years old. He's made these long runs and it's tolling. I mean, it, look at what you know. Look at the Pistons back in the day. What is it? They had five or six straight Eastern Conference Finals trips. I mean, they just wore out. I mean, they're playing basketball into June. It just it it takes takes its toll. And when when you play as as aggressive as he does, uh, sooner or later he's you know he's going to get knocked down a notch. So, I I, yeah. I I agree. My my initial thought was this is just you know smoke and mirrors and and maybe some frustrations about you know, where people thought that they were going to do this year, and obviously they were the odds-on-betting favorite to win the NBA Finals going into that round, and I guess this is why I don't bet, so. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but you got to look at, at what Denver was able to do, and, 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 man, they that's a solid team led by Jokic. Yeah. Jamal Murray just uh, lights out from the three, just a, a floor leader. Uh, they're going to go basically a week and a half without competitive basketball. Does that help or hurt a team that just seems to be rolling? Um, I I look at uh, the 2006 Tigers. They were rolling, and then they had seven days off, and the momentum kind of shifted. So do you think that's a situation where this layoff is going to hurt that team?
1: Um. I don't think the layoff is going to hurt them. I think what's going to hurt them is they're playing a team from the East. (laughs) I mean, the Eastern Conference is absolutely stacked this year. Um, I would, I would rather play Boston in the finals as opposed to playing against Miami, even though I'd like to see Miami win. But Denver's got to be hoping that, that Boston is their matchup. I think, I think given the, um, the cachet behind every time Miami's goes deep into the playoffs, they're always a they're always a contender to win. So right. I would definitely take my chances against Boston. But I just I don't think the team is um, I don't think that the layoff is going to hurt them, but I don't think it's going to be beneficial for them either. Uh, I think this is going to benefit Jokic. He's
2: what seven two. And he plays at such a high level. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a madman on the court. So I think when you give him an opportunity to rest up his legs, uh, that that could be good for him. But ultimately, I it always scares me when there's that long layoff. And and you know, coming into Game Four, the the next series we're going to talk about, we thought both teams were going to have a week and a half layoff, yeah. but uh, not the case. What a crazy series. Boston, man, they were left for dead. Go to game four. They squeak one out, and a lot of the players were talking, don't let us win game four. uh, What happens? They win game four, (laughs) and they absolutely mollywop them in game five, and then game six, slightly controversial at the end. Why they put an extra nine-tenths of a second on the clock, I am not sure, which ultimately led to this here. Unbelievable play. Derek White tips it in, I mean, just barely beating the buzzer. Yeah. If they don't put nine-tenths of a second back on that clock, this play never happens. Nope. Uh, um, I guess that leads to my... My big point here, the officiating has been suspect, in my opinion. There was a lot of calls on, on Miami, and they just weren't calling them for Boston. A little bit of a discrepancy with free throws. And then, ultimately, that extra nine-tenths of a second. And, and you, I was reading an article today said, you know, uh, the Celtics coach challenged it because he didn't think it was a foul. They change it to a foul three-point opportunity, and then they add the time on the clock. So, very questionable as to why they did what they did, but it you know it, it led to their winning, which was unbelievable, just an unbelievable finish, and and only fitting for the way this series and now ultimately is going. Uh, Like we've talked about before, no team in NBA history has ever come back from 3-0. Ironically enough, another Boston team did it uh, several years ago. The Red Sox, uh, down 3-0 against the Yankees, come back and win. They end up winning the World Series. So the Boston uh, luck, the Boston uh, luck of the Irish mojo might be coming into play here, obviously. Game 7 on the parkway, parquet floor in Boston, do you think we're going to see history tonight? Mm,
1: for Denver's sake, yes. But I think Jimmy Butler's going to show up tonight. Butler was
2: very non-existent up until I think the last five minutes in Game uh, Six, and. He,
1: he's took, due for he's he, due for it. He started being
2: aggressive, and they were talking about it in the broadcast. He just wasn't, he was giving up the ball. He wasn't really making the initiative to, to go to score. He was kind of dishing it out, and that's not his game. Uh, he started being a little bit more aggressive, got to the free throw line, hit the three huge free throws, which I think a lot of people thought was going to be the game winner, but you know what? There's still a lot of time, and being able to inbound from half court helped them. So if if Butler kind of plays his game, they're up by three now with just under three to play. They're up by five now, so 16-11 with just under three to play in the first. Um, Butler plays his game. Get those Celtics in falterable. They do have a chance. Mix in some some key three-point shooting, and, and who knows. But um, it's been awesome. I mean, I think – we were gonna see sweeps all across the board and now we don't. So it it's definitely made it pretty exciting. Pretty exciting moving on. So we'll see. Um I think the, the graphic here. Um home teams win seventy five percent of the time in in game sevens. Um I mean this is a different situation for uh a Boston here, obviously being down three oh. But I've got like keys to win. For Boston, they got to keep doing what they did in the last game. They 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 were just hitting huge three pointers. Uh, when when Miami would go on a run, it would they just stopped it with a three. Uh, and they were they were getting the ball down low to Williams. A lot of offensive rebounds, and and they got to stay disciplined, you stay out of foul trouble. And then on the flip side, for Miami, they they can't give up those offensive rebounds that lead to usually three point shots. Um, you got to have Duncan Robinson hitting those big threes. He missed two huge ones in the last two minutes in Game Six, and and the bench has to do put a little bit more work on. Uh, and so for uh, Miami to win this game, Rich, what do you um, what do you what do you feel needs
1: to happen? Um, <clears throat> well, Jimmy Butler's got to play right. He's got to play like he's normally plays. Not. The last five minutes of the game, they need to. They need to control the. Um, they need to control the offensive rebounds. They need. They need to control the boards. If uh, they don't do that, um, they're in trouble. But uh, one of the things they need to do is they need to make sure that they. Uh, they do their best to guard the perimeter, right? Because the three pointers, what's been killing them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree with that. They. Give up less on that three, stops those those big
2: runs and and Boston has definitely capitalized on it. But uh, Dave Portnoy, after game three, he was uh, he had shirts made up, so he, he thought it was going to go five, and then he took it off. Boston and six, and then they're down three zero. He goes Boston and seven, so he's he's stayed behind his team. So uh, this this night's going to be interesting uh, as we approach the uh, near the second quarter. So. Uh, Moving on to kind of a little fun uh, thing here. Carl Malone auctions off. The mailman. Yeah, the mailman auctions off his prized possession, which is uniforms including shoes from each member of the 1992 Dream Team. Now, Netflix has a series now. It's the Golden Auctions, who's the one – who was responsible for this, this auction so and this was one of the episodes that they 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 were initiating the the exchange He has them placed he 's got one of his uh, stores out in Salt Lake, but the upstairs was is like a shrine to basketball, and he had lockers set up with with the 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 jerseys and the in the shorts and then the shoes so it was a pretty good situation it goes for 5 million dollars this is your wheelhouse you're 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 a card collector and you always look for cool little um uh pieces of memorabilia 5 million for what would probably end up being one of the greatest uh assembly of basketball players ever in the history of the game. So do, do you think $5 million is about right?
1: Um, I would probably venture to say that was pretty close. If you think about it, a lot of people are going to pay the top dollar just for Jordan stuff. Yeah. I mean, because Jordan stuff is what's going to sell. Um, it went for so three, I think,
2: $3.2 million, Jordan's Jordan's uh, uniform. Yeah. of the 5 million. So, yeah, people wanted that. Yeah,
1: and and then, you know, everything else that goes with it, um, that's the biggest draws. You know, Jordan is is probably one of the most sought-after collectible memorabilia, autographs, cards, uh, shoes. I mean, if you think about it, even an unsigned Jordan shoe from – you know, ninety one or even earlier, that they're worth a lot of money.
2: Sure, and, and spe- people pay money for them, especially now that air is is out, and kind of seeing the history of Jordans, uh, and, and so it's hot. It it it's it's on front front of everyone's minds of collectors, and so I it's, guess that it's th-
1: not it's it's not like so I'm not a big basketball memorabilia fan. However, I would if I had an extra 3.2 million laying around, <laughs> I probably would have bought the Jordan stuff for sure. Oh yeah. Just because, just because I know that there's, there's a market and a lot of is, and here's the thing is a lot of people have to realize like, Oh my God, I can't believe somebody, I think he'll leave. I think it's $5 million. It's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. That's, That's what true. everybody has to really, like we were talking earlier about the Akil Badu. Mm-hmm. People are spending up north of a hundred dollars for an autograph, a Keo card. It's only the value. They can say, "Yeah, hey, this is worth you know x x amount of dollars," but it's only what somebody's willing to pay you for it. So, sure. if somebody's willing to pay you three point two million dollars for a Jordan jersey, and but then you look at it, it's like, all right, if Carmelone Malone is selling this, Carmelone's Malone's broke. And, and as I was watching that segment, I, it, I think it's the
2: last episode of the series. There's like five episodes. On Netflix, unless they've released more, I haven't seen. But um, that was the first thing that came to mind. Like, why is he, why is he selling this? Like, this is, and you could see like the passion behind it. He, his mission was to get every uniform. So, seeing that he he ended up selling it, just it, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, this guy's something's going on, and we all know Carl Malone's got a bit of a sketchy but,
1: past. But but here's the thing. When you're a collector, like I know some guys that collect and, you know, I collect um, LK line stuff. You know that I collect Mm -hmm. LK line and I, there's another guy I know that collects LK line. And so what he does is he'll buy like an LK line rookie card. It might be graded at a, at a two. So then he'll go and he'll get everything he's got to get. And then he'll go and he'll try to sell it and upgrade. So, maybe Carl Malone is maybe trying to upgrade I don't know yeah. but but you know that, that's a hell of a haul for somebody Oof. if you got five million laying around yeah it's uh, I would just get the Jordan stuff. I would probably take the uh uh Christian Leitner one and um uh, probably use it as a, a toilet <laughs> mat and uh whatnot bird uh, bird
2: jersey, I believe his uniform went for i think it was the second highest was about six hundred thousand.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. I mean, this, that's a golden era of basketball, which, you know, obviously Isaiah Thomas was snubbed from that team because of what he, he did in the 91 Eastern Conference Finals, leaving the court with under three minutes to play. But, um, yeah, it's just awesome collection, a dream collection. So whoever ends up with that has definitely got something that they can hold their hat on. So moving on, today is... Memorial Day, as we started the show off with, we want to, you know, give our respects to the brave men and women who have sacrificed for our freedom, for our ability to, you know, do what we do today, you know, and, and you know. A
1: couple um, jackasses on. Uh... Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome, and I don't think they get enough credit, and I think people don't, I, you know, pay much attention to what we do have in this country and, and and who is to credit for it. So tonight we want to kind of highlight some well-known athletes that served in the armed forces. And we'll start with our local connection. This I did not know. Ty Cobb spent 67 days overseas in the Army before receiving an honorable discharge. I wonder who he... um. That's hit upside the head to get uh, honorably discharged, but um, did not know that about Ty Cobb. Uh just adds more to the lore of who he was.
1: He's was probably throwing popcorn at people. <laughs>
2: well, hopefully he didn't have any cleats, because you know if he did, he was going to be cleating uh, some Germans or something. But yeah. uh, um, moving on to a player that I know my dad would um, was watching when he was growing up, Larry Doby, who played for uh, the Tigers, and the Indians, and White Sox as well. He um, was uh, in the armed forces, so that is pretty cool to see. Joe Lewis. Gosh. If there's anybody that speaks Detroit that represents Detroit, it was Joe Lewis. In an era that he came up, uh, it, 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 what he did, what he went through, he was a superstar, and that didn't happen for a lot of African-American athletes. So that was pretty cool. So he uh, he went over and served, so that was awesome to see. Hammer and Hank Greenberg, Tiger legend. He served. Uh, unfortunately passed away in a fishing accident. And then we have Joe DiMaggio, who was uh, probably one of the most famous baseball players in his era he uh served in the air force Ted Williams, whose head's currently uh, frozen in a cryogenic chamber uh, but that's <laughs> yep. a different story uh He was famously um, in the marine corps you know he uh he left uh, and bob feller I, I I meant to put this on. Uh, Bob Feller was on his way. I just heard the story the other day. Bob Feller was on his way to sign his contract as Pearl Harbor happened, and he decided he needed to enlist. So he enlisted from 42 to 45 and then came and played for Cleveland, and we all know the Hall of Fame uh, career that he had. Uh, And this is is a no-brainer. I'm representing him right now with his Arizona State jersey. This is one of my you know, favorite pieces that I have up hanging in the speakeasy. Uh, Pat Tillman, selfless. He was on the verge of greatness in the NFL. Was about to sign a life-changing contract. And he chose to serve his country because he felt that was where he was needed more. And due to some circumstances that I don't think have really ever come out. He lost his life uh friendly fire in Afghanistan in in 2004 and man that that story rocked the world when that happened and 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 in this day and age I think looking in the World War II era uh, the Korean War era a lot of baseball players you know that, that they played baseball but they had careers outside uh, in the off season. So it wasn't uncommon to see a lot of these athletes going off to war, signing up because baseball in in sports weren't looked at like they are. So so, um, but today, a player Pat Tillman, who if he was still playing today, he would be a superstar. To say you know what, this football thing is is frivolous. Uh, there's bigger things. Uh, and I need yeah. to be a part of it. So unbelievable. What are your thoughts on Pat Tillman?
1: I mean, yeah, like like you said, there's a lot of questions on on what happened. Uh, regardless of whether it was, you know, people feel as if though it was more of a friendly fire type thing or like that. The man decided to, the man decided to forego given you know, a, like you said, a life changing contract, right, to serve his country. And there's not many there's not many people who would turn down that opportunity. He mm. got guy, guy turned down millions of dollars mm. um to serve his country during a time where he felt that it was more important and he, it was more important to him and possibly more important to uh the country. Right. To have somebody serve. So, I mean, I commend him. Mm. I, you know, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, he's And can you met and can you imagine how good or how, many the, how gross the numbers would be if Ted Williams didn't go serve in World War II? Uh, did he two years, I think, he was out of baseball? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that?
2: It, yeah, it's can scary. you imagine what his numbers would have been? It's scary. It, it, and to know that w- he was at the top of his game when he went. Yep. And then when he came back, boom. Like, yeah, like, like, like he didn't, never didn't left. Didn't even yep, inc- skip a beat. Just a generational talent for him, but... Uh, once again, we just wanted to highlight some athletes that went the extra mile, uh, and and there's so many more that we could talk for hours on it. Um, that you know gave up playing time to to go and serve, which was awesome, 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 selfless acts that you don't normally see from from athletes. So it's good to see. But obviously, the Memorial Day holiday. You know, it's a time for, you know, doing a little grilling. I I spent the weekend on the boat. You could see my uh, googly raccoon eyes, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But what, what does a Memorial Day weekend look like for you, Rich, if you weren't moving?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, normally what it is is um, the last couple of years is, you know, I've gone and I have friends that have a pool. I've gone and hung out at a pool and barbecued and did stuff like that do some corn toss, stuff like that. I'm not a big guy that likes to be out in the sun or anything like that. So for me, if you got air conditioning on there, I'm not one. (laughs) I uh, I don't like, I don't like getting sunburned. I don't like getting tan. I don't like any of that. So for me, it's a little bit different, but yeah, this one just happened to be, um, you know, uh, just in the process of moving. So just doing that. And then, uh, so, yeah, three years ago, I, I was down in South Carolina picking up my picking up Clyde, so Mr. Clyde, the world Clyde, famous Mr. Clyde, the world famous Mr. Clyde. I have a shirt that says "Best Dog Dad" on there, so <laughs> yeah. with it, with it, with his picture on it. So oh it's yeah, all good. He's a legend. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, normally your traditional, you know, backyard you know, celebration and stuff like that. You know, and a lot of people, you know, it's not about like. Oh, I'm going to have this big shindig or big party. Really, it's time to sit back and and reflect on you know those who uh, who you know who made the ultimate sacrifice, right? Sure, sure.
2: You can't so you I,
1: can't I, can't forget that. We had the yeah, we had the Memorial Day parade right out in front of our mm-hmm. house uh, you know, today. Yeah. So it was nice seeing uh, you know, people come out and support that of that, you know. It's funny, you'll get a, you'll get 100,000 people down there for Pumpkin Fest and you get you know, you get one hundred and ten people for a, a for a Memorial Day parade, it's yeah, like, you know, you know, stuff like that. I've done things where you know we've putting flags on, uh, you know, uh, grave sites, uh, grave sites, and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean, I've done that too. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, obviously, we
2: are now the official start of the summer. Even though I do believe what is it, June twenty first or twenty second. Yeah. Uh, is the official start, but we all know that it that it starts Memorial Day weekend. The big question in the state of Michigan, where does up north start? And I saw the other day on Twitter, a lot of the Detroit Twitter people were, and hey, this comes up every year, where's the official start of up north? You know, is it the Zilwaukee Bridge? Is it Frankenmuth? Is it uh, Mount Pleasant? Uh, is it the UP? Uh, I don't think so, my opinion. But, uh, Rich, where, where do you put the official start of up north? Where is it at?
1: I would probably say north of West Branch, probably. That's what it would be considered up north of me, north of West Branch. Yeah. Uh, I think exit... Two twelve, I think
2: no clue yeah, <laughs> no clue uh yeah i am one to usually says uh Tim says north of Saginaw for us yeah i i i am the Zilwaukee bridge guy what you crossed that bridge that uh, as a child, I was scared to death to go over it. Uh, because you heard the horror stories, you got the steal from China, and there's a whole, whole fiasco, and uh, under that one, and um, Tim says it's exit
1: 202. So thanks, Tim. Yep. 202. That's what it was. Um, so I know 230. I I know exit 239 or 241 is uh, Higgins Lake. I think so the, the only
2: exit that that that, uh, that I know for sure is exit 69, Big Beaver, but uh, that's that's not up north. That's not up north at all. For some people, it might be, but not for me. <laughs> so you, so
1: as a kid, I have to ask you: as a kid, do you remember the Zilwaukee Bridge when it was a drawbridge?
2: No, but I do remember when they were building it. We had the drive; they they like had the road that went alongside of it, and uh, Dude, we we didn't go up there very often. It, it, only a couple times, but I just remember being scared. Like it was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. You couldn't see over the side. That was what one thing that I always scared the crap out of me about yeah
1: no i mean i remember it i remember when it was a drawbridge and um uh, oh it'd be stuck up for I mean, we'd, you'd be parked on 75 mm. waiting it sucked
2: <laughs> it sucked yeah i can imagine but
1: but now it's you know just up and over and you're there so
2: yeah i mean don't get up there very often but uh this is the season we took the boat up a couple years ago to Charlevoix. You were with us. That was an awesome, awesome weekend. Uh, Lake Charlevoix. Nice area. Yeah, nice as area. Jim
1: Price, would, as Jim Price would say, nice yes.
2: area. And uh, took it out on Lake Michigan, had a really nice time. So uh, looking forward to more of those trips in the future. But moving on to our newer segment here, and we were really hoping that JP was a part of it. JP, we missed you tonight uh his internet decided it wasn't didn't want to go live tonight uh he was having some nope. issues we thought it was squared away but uh he kept popping in the green room and uh immediately uh it was pulling him out so hopefully next week he'll be here jp is an absolute monster in the show uh brings just so much knowledge and uh when he's not here uh we definitely uh feel it so uh but we're going to move on to our new segment, Rapid Fire. Last week, we unveiled it. This week, we're going to kind of go a different route. So I'm going to flash a logo on the screen, Mr. Rich, and uh, you tell me the first player... Comes to mind when you get it, and here's a hint: you were watching me doing this uh, early t- earlier today uh, while I was doing uh, pre-show production. So I think you have an idea of some of the teams that I'm going to flash up. So the first one here, Peyton Manning, the one and only. That's a good one. Uh, this this one could be good. I'm I'm, I'm curious what your your answer is going to be on this one.
1: Oh man. Uh, I'd probably say Drew Brees.
2: I'm gonna go old school. Bobby so A. Bobby A. famously Michigan Panther, brought the Saints is, brought the Saints
1: back uh, in the uh, late '80s. Who who is the who is the kicker from there that had the had the
2: Morton Anderson the Duck Bar? No,
1: Morton. no, I'm talking about the guy that had like half a foot. Oh,
2: Jan Stenovich or Jan uh, something. Um, I know if Pops is watching, he would. uh,
1: Morton Anderson, I like that, yeah. uh,
2: Reggie Bush, yeah, yeah, he was. um, Yeah. Well, that, he probably more known for another team that. um, Logo's coming up here in a minute. Oh,
0: Jeff,
1: Jeff George. Wow, you pulled one off of the trash heap. Jeff it, was George. Either him or, it was either him or Brett Favre because that's who Favre got drafted by. Well, who was
2: the uh the, the the dirty bird? What 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 was his name? Anderson. Uh, the the running back.
1: Yeah, that uh Anderson, yeah. Uh, famously Michael Vick. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Vick, yep, yeah, Michael Vick. Vick is yep. a, is mm-hmm. one that you know, you can think of um Gonzalez.
2: Tony Gonzalez, yes. One yeah. of the uh yeah. greatest tight ends in history. So here's the next one.
1: Steve McNair, oh, rest, Air, Air McNair, Air
2: McNair, man, was he good. Rest he in was. rest in peace, rest in peace, Air McNair. Um, can't
1: hey, can't can't put your wink in, crazy man.
2: Oh no, and he did. He he was yeah. uh he fell victim to what you know John Morant is dealing with. Uh, yeah, his homies really aren't his homies. But um, no, as I was saying earlier with Tim's comment.
1: Oh, USC. Oh, Jesus. Uh, What's his name? God, I can't think it off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Carson Palmer. Okay.
2: Well, if you look on the screen, there it is right there, Reggie Bush. I'm not Reggie Bush. I'm not
1: (laughs) – I can see all his comments. He keeps Mike Williams.
2: Nobody cares about Mike Williams. <laughs> uh, Matt Leiner, Uh They've had an impressive list of... Uh, uh, I mean, Carson Palmer, he did well. Oh, yeah, he did. He did well. No, he did well. He was one of the first of the, the really big-name quarterbacks that they had like a 10-year run with. Um, yeah. Good old I mean, Roll Alabama-
1: Tide. Alabama. Hmm trying to think of one that's uh Bear Bryant that's I mean that's legendary coach right Yeah you can't you can't go wrong with that that's for sure Yeah the old the, the cap the the cap yep. the old the old grandpa hat that he would wear Yep Oh yeah Oh Ken Griffey Jr. come on now Yep I was I was uh the kid I was
2: the kid I was hoping that uh you were going with that sweetest swing ever.
1: Now his now his his rookie card, um his rookie card, it was in the tops traded. His picture in that was taken outside the dugout at Tiger Stadium.
2: You know, a lot of the cards back in that era, a lot of the tops yep. cards in that era, you, you could see that really dark blue uh, yeah, looks like it was painted over five hundred times. There was probably four inches of paint on on the yeah. concrete. So yeah,
1: that's you know. I may or, I may or may not have a couple of those right.
2: Well, how about the uh, the upper deck where they didn't they make an excessive amount that year for his rookie card? There was a big scandal, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there was. I I, I probably have five of them in oh. different variations. So. Yeah, but he's a legend. All graded, all graded. Nice, nice. So, last one. Oh man, um, Joe Mauer. Good one. Or Frank, or Frank Viola, Frank or Viola. Kirby Puckett, Kirby Puckett, Puckett. Jack Morris, yeah. or Paul Molitor. Mm-hmm. I mean, who? I mean, I could. The list goes on and yep. on and on.
2: Puckett was an absolute machine. Um, oh
1: yeah, yep.
2: What was he like? Five foot six, five foot seven. But man, could he jump? He would steal home runs left and right. Just, just a legend. Mauer
1: and Justin Moreau, 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 Moreau. Morneau,
2: Yep he he yeah, yeah. he had to retire from concussions. He would have been he would have been a Hall of Famer probably. Um, like Joe Mauer. Um Morno. I think oh, Morneau. Wow. Um the M and M brothers. Yeah.
1: You know that Joe Mauer? Fun fact is that he was heavily recruited to play quarterback for Florida State. Hmm. And Florida State pretty much said, if you ever decide to quit playing baseball, you'll have a scholarship at at uh, I think that was Bobby Bowden at the time, or right? Something like that. So yep. obviously he's gone, and yeah, that probably went to the wayside, right?
2: Well, he was a legendary catcher, and then in and finished his career at first base because almost couldn't fifteen handle it. so many years in in the bigs playing catcher, that's uh, that's tough uh quick yep. quick update miami forty two boston thirty one with four and a half to play in the second um rather surprising rather surprising there
1: so you know what time it is uh ain't my money ain't my problem
2: Yes, you are correct. This is our fun segment where we give you the the pick. You turn around, go on those apps, make it, win a few bucks, and, hey, who knows, throw us a little line here. Hey, you never know. Rich, you were ill-prepared last week. Like like we <laughs> sprung this up on you like it was a big surprise. Oh, what are we doing here? I'm not sure. Yeah. Are you ready today to uh, yes. give the pick? Because obviously – it ain't your money so it's
1: ain't my problem. You got it what you got this week. All right, so this week uh tomorrow I got um I got the Padres playing in Miami. I'm going to go the over under. I'm going to go the over 8. I think the uh I think the Padres are overdue for some some offensive power here. So I I got it it's like plus 100 on the uh, on the fan duel, so I'm gonna take the Padres and the over eight. Did you uh
2: happen to see Tatis in New York the other night? No, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. They well, they were heckling him. In, oh, yeah. in the outfield. they were terrible to him. And he was just like I don't know what he was he was making some gyrations with his hands and it was like what does that say about a player that is just giving in to these fans? Like, it, it, oh. Where's his head? Does, it, does he need to be a bit more focused, or, or is it just the way
1: he is? It's, yeah, it, he might need to be a little more focused, right?
2: I, I could, Especially after missing all of last year for being an idiot. So, yeah, I mean, that's a team that has so much talent, and they just haven't been able to put together. So, good Thank pick you. here. I'm going to stay close to home. I'm going to go tomorrow night here in Detroit. Uh, We didn't really hit on it with the Tigers earlier. Alex Fiedo had a 10-strikeout performance on Thursday, his last outing. Tigers get shut out today. Abysmal showing. Generally, they do pretty well after games that they've been shut out because they've been shut out a lot this year. Uh, I like the momentum Fiedo has going in. Although, oh... Uh, Texas's pitcher, I can't think of his name right now. He's 4-1 and with the ERA under 1.5. But I like Detroit here. Uh, give me the... Perez. T- Perez, right. Uh, give me the Tigers' money line. Now, it's a three-leg parlay here. Over-under runs in the first... Under 0. 0.5. And the first to score a run was the Tigers. So those three legs was a plus 4.25. So... I've got confidence in my Tigers, and uh, hopefully they can pull it out and get back on the winning track. Now they're uh, two games under five hundred, so um, Tim's making a bold prediction to win the AL Central. <clears throat> we did. Um, speak, we did talk about uh, speak that. on this in the uh, first segment, Tim. So if you go back and watch the beginning, um, I posed the question to Rich. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, where do you see the Tigers? We won't say at the end of the season. We'll say at the All-Star break. Where could they be? Are they in the mix? So we'll back check it out. I think uh, you will agree where where our estimation is. So um, with that being said, we're going ahead and close this bad boy out tonight. Again, JP, man, we miss you. Hopefully you can get this Internet situation taken care of because, uh, uh, man, are you uh, good with the show. So I'm um, going to go with you, Rich. Uh, you got anything Closing thoughts
1: today. Yeah, I kind of shared it with you guys a little bit um, earlier this week, uh, especially with Memorial Day coming up. I mean, so we do have a lot of service members um, who serve uh, the country, for who serve, you know, protect us and uh, give us the freedoms that we enjoy to come on and podcast. But there's a lot of things, and there's a stigma behind it all, um, is, uh, you know, PTSD. It doesn't just only happen to uh you know our our, our men and women in uh, uniform it also happens to police it happens to fire mm-hmm. it happens to anybody who's had anything traumatic and you know the only thing i really want to say is that if you ever um if you ever feel like you're the only one there uh, and, and nobody nobody will help you um, there's always somebody there that'll listen. Yep. There's always somebody there that'll help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, the, the power of conversation uh, means a lot to certain people and, uh, kindness is, uh, uh, infectious. Oh, you know, if you're, no question, if you're, if you're kind, uh, and you treat everybody with a good heart, um, it, positive things can happen and they can change a lot of people's lives. Um, I know that my family has been affected by uh, PTSD um, and um, let's just uh, put it at that. Just, you know, if anybody ever needs to talk, anybody ever needs seek help shit, call me, yep. send me a message, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that type of thing. So send a message um, to the,
2: to the easy speak Facebook page. I mean, we, we, it, we are responsive and, and if, if we can help anybody uh, we would be more than happy.
1: Yeah, and never and never feel like you're alone oh, you know there's without always somebody doubt. there so and
2: and that, that leads to my one of the things we've talked about you know off camera uh some of the ideas that we've had moving forward obviously we're a sports podcast but there's more to life than just sports and being men i think you nailed it it's a perfect word the stigma the mental health stigma you know men have a lot of pride and sometimes it's hard to swallow it and they deal with a lot of issues and they're afraid to come out they're afraid to express themselves because they might feel like they're um less of a man and i think a Weak. lot of i think yeah absolutely i think a lot of men deal with that whether it's in their career whether it's in a relationship so what we're going to do moving forward obviously uh it, it's downtime in the sporting season Summer is usually just baseball, ramping up for college and NFL. But we're going we're gonna to unveil a new segment here in the coming weeks. It's going to be called the, the Misunderstood segment, and the miss is going to be men in society. And we're going to hit on a topic each week. Like I said, it, whether it's a career situation, how to handle kids, uh, relationship-wise, uh, did something happen. We want to help somebody. I want to be able to to have my this platform maybe reach somebody that wouldn't normally listen to us or watch us, so we're going to move on to a new new aspect of of our creativity and we come from different walks of life we're going to bring on guests that have similar situations that they'll be able to bring to the to the viewing audience to the listening audience so we're going to kind of turn a page in the the evolution of the easy speak we started three years ago just a couple of bumbling idiots talking sports sitting at the speakeasy bar um i think we've really become a different uh entity and now we have ability to to be on a platform where our message might be able to reach some people so look for that in the coming weeks Uh, i'm really excited about it rich kind of uh made a comment j p made a comment in his closing thoughts last week that just really sent my mind into overdrive and you know i've i 've dealt with some things in my time and and maybe my story can resonate with somebody else so I uh, look forward to that I, i'm i 'm super excited about the potential that that has um, but moving on next week 's going to be a fun show i 'm looking forward to it uh, we 're going to have a guest on his name is Matt Cowan. He is a former minor league umpire, and he used uh, to be—he used to be, he used to be a, a, a relative of mine. I still consider him family. He's a great guy. Um, he's got a really great story, a weight loss story. So we're basically we're going to kick off this segment with him. Um, lost a lot of weight to become an umpire, and he did it. He set his mind to it, did it. Uh, now he does Ironman challenges, and he does these these long-distance gravel road bike tours uh, races. It's incredible. He's he's an inspiration. I look forward to having him on the show. So we're going to have him on. Uh, obviously, the finals in both leagues are going to be underway. NFL is 365, 24-7, so there's bound to be news. Who knows, D-Hop might end up somewhere, so we'll talk about that. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. My mic doesn't seem to want to work tonight. Uh, don't forget to like and follow us on all the socials. Uh, that really helps us out, gets the word out. Look for more reels we're putting out throughout the week. But definitely go and uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, give us a follow. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again right back here next week. We'll see you guys. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy330. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right back here next week for another fun-filled episode of Easy Speak at Speakeasy330. Cheers.